you to think of a darkened room video screens you've seen movies like this the 911 dispatcher speaking to the voices of Chicago as they're undergoing chaos and they need cops and they need the EMT they need uh, emergency treatment they need a paramedic like Pat Fitzmorris to come up and and uh, help them but there aren't enough cops and there aren't enough paramedics there aren't enough and the people call them and they're crying on the phone and Keith Thornton who walked the city and, and all those officers through chaos in the shooting last year the shooting death murder of police officer Ella French and is credited with saving the life of her partner officer Yanez is with us on the Chicago Way podcast so where are you with the people on the phone and 400,000 police calls going unanswered because there aren't enough cops in the city of Chicago that will have NASCAR and a dome on the on Soldier Field but not enough police officers? You're on the Chicago Way podcast with Jeff Carlin and me on WGN+. Plus. The, the Chicago Way is a deep cultural phenomenon. It's the Chicago Way. The Chicago Way. That's the focus. In a tower by the river, there lived a man. There was a man who took a stand with pen and paper in his hand, defeating foes in every ward with a pen more mighty than the sword. No escape from his ink lasso in a tower by the river, Castle. Here's how you get him. He pulls a knife, you pull a gun. He sends one of yours to the hospital, you send one of his to the morgue. That's the Chicago way. 
as I said in the in the opening monologue, our guest, Chicago 9-11 dispatcher Keith Thornton, has not only been a witness to history, but he's also been a, a participant. He deals with police officers and with victims under trust, trying and and very chaotic times. And when police officer Ella French was shot uh, by a criminal on the south side, Mr. Thornton was credited with helping save the life of Chicago police officer Carlos Yanez Jr. In the last few weeks, he's left the job. He's now uh, a civilian, I guess. I don't know. We'll talk to him. He's here on the Chicago Way. Welcome to the Chicago Way, Mr. Thornton. John, welcome. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. Yeah, Keith, it's great to have you here, sir. I mean, it's we were just uh, uh, beyond a year since we were, you know, that horrible news splashed across all the papers and the TV stations and the videos and all. We all remember the sound. But uh, you know, take us back to, or take us back there now and in, in, in looking back, what are you feeling a year later? Hey, you know, some ones are still the same. You know, that, that was a horrible day. Yeah. Uh, anytime uh, a true leader experiences uh, someone under their reign that was taken from them in the line of duty, death, you know, it, it kills you. doesn't matter if it's law enforcement, firefighting, um, military. Um, it's all the same to me, you know. Uh, here was a hero out here doing something that she loved doing, giving back to a, a city um, that's a wonderful city that I've grown up in, was born and raised here. Um, and same with her. She just wanted to do some good. And her life was viciously taken away uh, and just murdered right in front of us, you know. For me on the other side of the radio, God bless her soul, Ella Franks. Um, so it's it's very, very disheartening because this is just what um, not only police officers are up against these days, but just regular Joe Smo uh, citizens. You know, we're up against this, this nonsense of violence going on day in and day out. And um, this is just one of our heroes who was trying to protect all of us. And uh, she did that, but her life was viciously taken away in the uh, just a devastating cycle of criminal activity taking place here in our city. All right. How long have you been a dispatcher? Keith, how long have you been doing this job? I've uh, yeah, I've been doing this job as a nine one one dispatcher for four, a uh, little over four years here in the city of Chicago. That's long enough for any sane man to keep your heart and not have it uh, covered with. Uh, sorry, I'm turning off the phone, and not have that heart covered with scar tissue. But um, let me ask you, it came to my attention that you, as you left, as you resigned, you made it clear to the public that you really don't have any confidence in Lori Lightfoot, mayor of Chicago. Did I get that right? Well, you got it completely right. And uh, the main reason me leaving is because the city has it all wrong, you know, in terms of the administration right now, it's the politics. You know, I took this job back in 2018 being a 911 dispatcher here because I wanted to help people. Um, I wanted to bring police, fire, and EMS together, uh, getting help 
to victims in need of our services. And I've been able to do that. Um, but it's kind of like dispatch is very unique. You know, I, I, I've been a police officer. I've worked the field. Okay. I've done volunteer firefighting. I still do it to this day. I go out to different places and even different countries on a yearly basis and volunteer doing that. Um, as far as being an EMT for several years, I've worked on the ambulance. So I've worked the field in every last public safety position before ever becoming a 911 dispatcher because I've never been a person that says I want to do something, but I haven't been there telling someone else to do something and I haven't done it. So that's number one. I've done it. I know what these men and women go through and I just wanted to come and be that other person on the other end of the radio to help number one, the first responders, but more importantly, I want to help the citizens. And that's the cool thing about a dispatcher. You're not just helping the police and the firemen and the paramedics. You're helping the citizens as well. So it's awesome. So I'm happy. You know, I love my job. I'm proud of myself. I have great coworkers who uh, also feel the same way. They're going through the same things. We come in every day, every night, every afternoon, and we do a very hard job, a very stressful job, but we love what we do. But when the politics is thrown into it that I've learned, oh, that doesn't fly with me. It doesn't fly with me because I'm looking day in and day out at the media and who's supposed to be my boss, the mayor of this city, tell lie after lie after lie to the citizens that I also work for. And I don't stand by those lies at all. Well, let's get to it. What lies? Yeah. What yeah, lies? Let's oh. let's be specific. Because yeah, we'll be I, I want to be fair. I mean, want to be fair to the mayor, even though uh, I'm a critic of hers now. And Jeff and I did support her at one time. Mm-hmm. So, what yeah. lies are, are you talking about? Well, the number one, the biggest lie is over and over again. We're stating that crime is down. Crime is not down. Violent crimes are not down. Mm-hmm. That's the number one thing. We are dispatchers on the other end of that radio and also on the other end of that phone call speaking to citizens. We're telling them that resources are headed their way. Police are headed that way. Time and time again, Chicago police officers on many of these calls are not responding accordingly or in a timely manner to the scenes of emergencies. And it's not the officer's fault. Because they are working. They are doing their jobs accordingly. Right. We don't have enough of them. Or her and her administration is using these units who are supposed to be in high crime areas and dispersing them out to other missions that they come up with. For instance, they could be guarding her house. For instance, they're guarding her headquarters. For instance, they're all across the city at different functions and activities And they can't take a lady um, who's being beaten across the street that they may be close to because guess what? They're assigned to her detail and to other special missions. That's a problem right there. And the whole thing about crime being down, you see these numbers, they go down a little bit this week, and they're happy about reporting on this. Right. Here's another thing. Here's another thing, John. Yeah. Some of these crimes may go down. (laughs) And I'll tell you why. Because... They're waiting so long to get police at these scenes, these citizens, 
where six, seven hours later, when the police finally arrive on the scene and the officers ask the dispatcher to call these people back to have them step outside, well, guess what? They're gone. They're long gone. They don't answer the phone or they do answer the phone. They curse us out and say, hey, that was six, seven hours ago. We're gone now. I don't even want to report. So that person who did have a domestic who was beaten or that person who did get uh, stabbed with a right. pair of scissors or a knife, right. they're right. gone. They're gone. So it doesn't even, it doesn't even show up in the stats, yeah. right? No, it doesn't show up in stats. And, you know, the, the citizens of Chicago know the truth. I guarantee you, for people who are listening on this right now, they could say, I've called the police at least one or more times, and they have not come. And that's just how it is. Well, we've seen, uh, we've seen the evidence. Matt Rosenberg of, yeah. uh, of wirepoints.com has done a, did a piece a few weeks ago about, I don't know how many hundreds of, okay, police Department statistics reveal that in 2021, there were 406,829 incidents of high-priority emergency service calls for which there were no police available to respond. Does that sound, uh, I don't, I have no question about Mr. Rosenberg's uh, accuracy, but does that sound like uh, real life to you? But it is real life, and yeah. you know, um, it definitely is real life. And I, I, I'd even go so far to say those numbers are even more. You know, yeah. Um, but and they and they do sad. funny math of the numbers every time. You know, if it's there were thirty eight things, you know, thirty eight muggings last month, and there's only thirty two this month. Well, that's you know, that, that can make it. Yeah, look, it's a huge percentage. It was six less, you know, and that's just nonsense. Keith, one of the things you you mentioned, you know, you you put out, uh, kind of said while you were leaving your your job was that you felt like the employees, your fellow coworkers, those those people who are risking their lives or, you know, doing high-stress jobs, what have you, are being neglected by the city. What did you mean by that? Well, let's just... Put the spotlight right on OEMC. You know, this is the Office of Emergency Management and Communication. Number one, there's no management there, and there's no communication there. The 911 center does not have any communication, even though it's a communication center. You have, you know, we hear about the officers getting mandated day in and day out. We hear about um, the officers' days off been canceled, the vacation days been canceled, you know, for the last several years. Well, no mental health. Uh, resources, you have officers who have committed suicide just several in the last month. Same thing's going on here at OMC. The same thing, if not worse. You know, since uh, the riots have taken place and, and, and this lady has taken over this city, you know, these people at, at OMC, the dispatchers and call takers, they're going through hell. They're not uh, getting sleep as well. There's no mental health resources available at all. They consider these workers, clerical workers, that's number one, not even first responders. They, you know, they're writing these people up for everything. It's a horrible work environment. Inside, it's horrible. And let's be very clear. There is lots of racism going on within those doors, lots of discrimination, a lot of everything. And a lot of these different situations go on and they're reported by these employees. And nothing happens. Everything that they tell employees to do, if bullying's going on or work environment harassment's going on or any of that, report it to us. 
These employees report it to supervisors, to the watch managers, and goes all the way up the chain of command. And next thing you know, everything is either swept under the rug or a little slap on a wrist to someone, or it's completely, hey, we didn't get your paperwork. We don't know what happened, as if it never happened. And now you have employees within the OEMC reaching out to aldermen. They're going way outside of the place now. See, just do your research. They're reaching out to the public safety committee saying, we don't know what to do anymore. Jeez. This place is a cesspool, and there's so much corruption going on. And I want to say Calafero, uh, who's over the, 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 he's at the public safety committee, he's reached out trying to help the employees. And he, get, he gets hit up all the time because it's a bad environment within that place. We had a female employee. Uh, attempt suicide in the parking lot just several weeks ago. That was swept under the rug. She was right Jeez. back to work several days later. No services, no resources. And what what are what are they supposed to do? Just jump right back in there and keep taking emergency calls. And we're supposed to be the ones offering mental uh, health services over the phone. <laughs> but many of us need mental health services ourselves. I don't mean to laugh. So, it's just so it's just yeah. so weird. You know what's happening? Yeah. The uh, okay, I've seen this phenomenon uh, over the years with journalists, particularly young reporters. Uh, they cover crime. They you know they walk over, they 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 never see a body, and then they all of a sudden they're walking over bodies. They see the conflict that's going on in the street. They see the you know the the paramedics uh, covering the bodies in the gang wars. And they start to feel that um, they they should be doing more. You know, that's just a natural thing the, the human beings feel. And they're they're not coppers, so they can't make arrests. And they're not um, uh, paramedics, so they don't they can't provide uh, first aid. And so it builds on them. You know, the anxiety. There's no release. And some get burnt out and sad. Good ones. Then I think. Then I think of guys like you and your colleagues in the you know sort of watching all the watching the world through a screen in a dark windowless room. Uh, everything's virtual, and you all you hear is your your voice. You can hear yourself breathing, and you can hear them on the other end crying and seeking help and you can't get it, get it to them because Lori doesn't have enough cops. She hasn't hired enough police. That's got to be excruciatingly mentally different training. Yeah. Well, let me, let me just say this. Uh, a lot of what you're saying, you know, it sounds like what's called compassion fatigue, which is basically a condition characterized by emotional and physical exhaustion leading to a diminished ability to empathize or feel compassion for others. And like I said, in, uh, when we first started talking, mm-hmm. we take this job because we want to help people. All right. And we, right. we got a lot of people to help. We have the citizens, number one, firemen, policemen, EMS, paramedics, all of them. And this is not just a police problem. We are down paramedics severely within the city of Chicago. There are many times dispatchers and call takers are sitting on the phone line upwards of seven, eight minutes while someone's screaming into the phone that their grandmother or child is not breathing, unconscious, not breathing. And 
we can't send an ambulance yet because there's too few fire department call takers available to take that call. So we're waiting and waiting and waiting. So by the time someone finally gets there, I would question, I wonder if this would have been a different outcome if we had the proper resources pending to the citizens of Chicago. Would that ambulance get there a little bit quicker if we had more personnel to answer the calls? You know? What is, so what is she is doing? Just, yeah. I mean, She's the mayor. What is I, she doing? For God's sake, I'm getting tired of this. What is she doing? You know, what, I, what, I, what I've always recommended, John and, and Jeff, is we should have every single alderman required to do police ride-alongs within their wards at their respectful districts monthly and not just going in there and take a few pictures, get the media there. No, none of that. You mm. should be there doing a full yeah, shift with a vest on, getting just how we have beat officers supposed to know their beats and their community police officers. You need to get into your police stations and do ride-alongs with your officers and get to know, number one, your police officers and how they're working and get out there and see what they're, they're experiencing with this community. Secondly, you need to come up to OEMC and sit down at that council behind your dispatchers and see how your ward and your district are running operations. And as a leader of this city, which is the mayor, and that's not a leader, it's a manager, micromanager, and a bully, she should be there doing the very same thing and implementing those things. And until they get that realistic view of what truly is going on, police, fire, EMS, and just emergencies throughout the city, until they get to that point, which they probably never will, nothing's going to change because they don't care. What do, uh, how, how do we fix the problem? I mean, let's snap our fingers and put you in power, Keith. What, what, what do you do? Give them a big stick first. Of all. Yeah, well, there you go. Number one, you got to get someone over every single department within Chicago who knows the system. Mm-hmm. Someone who's, 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 who, who you're going to put in charge but you have to allow them to do their job. Number one is a good leader. You have to delegate orders. If you're going to put a police superintendent in charge of the police department, let him or her do her job. Back off and let them do their job. They don't do it the way that they're supposed to, hold them accountable, but let them do their job. Number two, same thing with the fire department, same thing for streets and sanitation department. Put people in those positions who have worked it, who know it, and who love it. That's number one. Number two is support your workers. Support your good workers. I'm not saying that every police officer in the city of Chicago or anywhere are great. I'm not saying that. We have people who do go out there and make the rest of them look bad. It's a very small percentage. Let's Mm -hmm. go after those guys. But let's not target the whole force because the whole force is not out there doing bad. Many great officers out there. Stop these political antics, trying to get votes, and just be real. Well, Let she's sending the great officers. She's sending, uh, she's sending uh, police from the districts down to ride the L this weekend, right? And, and Brown, the, yeah. the light foot whisper is doing this. Okay. <laughs> so, so they're doing that, and they're having security guards who are not armed. And I, I would assume security canine dogs that are muzzled walking on the sure. uh, it's the, walking on the CTA pl- platforms. It seems Keith and Jeff, that it's just show and, and it's just, it's just a game to, to trick and manipulate the people. 
That's how well, I see it. It's, yeah, it's twofold. It's, it's a bunch of smoke and mirrors, number one. That's not going to do anything. Um, and, num- and number two, you have a lot of the officers who are great employees who do their job, but they're afraid to go out there and work. So it doesn't matter where the hell you put them. They're afraid to get out there and work, you know, because as I say, you've got to back your officers. You've got to take care of them. They need to trust you. There is zero confidence in this lady within the office. It's zero confidence in her. And so if you were working somewhere and you, you know someone does not back you and you're going to get in trouble for just opening your mouth, I wouldn't do anything either. I'm going to be afraid right. to go out there and work. Sure, so yeah. it's, it's twofold. It's twofold. You're, you're constantly looking over your neck and your shoulder because you think if you do something or your job, you're going to be targeted and you're going to be out, you know? So it's a big problem. And if we don't correct all of those different things at a different angle, nothing's going to get better. So, yeah, it's a bunch of smoke and mirrors. We know this, you know, and the crime's going to keep going up and nothing's going to change. we got to get somebody new in that position. Well, I guess the key is to get somebody who knows how to manage. Mm-hmm. That's my yeah. my belief. I, I really don't care about black messiah, white messiah, all that BS that uh, yeah. the papers write about. Because you know what? I've been there. I've seen it. I've I've known. I know what people do and what they how they act in front of newspaper people and how they act in private. And it, this comes to the next question. Well, I, I would I would actually say that we need someone in office who doesn't know how to manage. We need someone. She she she's a manager, all right. She's not a leader, and it's a big difference between a manager and a leader. And not, what I would yeah, say is, we need someone. We we need someone in office who's a people's person, uh, who's who's not race baiting, who's not throwing all this nonsense around. You need someone in office who's firm, right to the point, not playing games willing to listen to other people, willing to bring everyone to the table, no matter how they look. And that's who we need to have in office. You know, um, Chicago is a great place. And Chicagoans, as you know, we are tough people. Okay. Chicago is not afraid for you to tell them the truth to say, Hey, we've got a problem. We got a problem with our own people out here running around and killing people. We have a problem with black on black crime. We got a problem with Hispanic on Hispanic crime. We got a problem with racism going on, even with white people and black people and Hispanic people. We got a problem with the Asian community with X, Y, Z. We need someone in office who's going to be real with people. And Chicago can take it because we're real people. But when you throw a bunch of nonsense and fluff down there to their faces day in and day out, this is what you get. You get a bunch of unaccountability and a bunch of thugs running around, youth and all, and they can do whatever they want because they know they can do whatever they want. And at the end of the day, the people who are suffering are the great law-abiding citizens from the ages of babies all the way up to elderly people. Yeah. And that's not right. Yeah. Not right. Yeah. You were there. Uh, it is not right, Keith. Now, you were there at o- OEMC, I believe. Uh, for s- several years now, so you you must have been there during the uh, so-called George Floyd riots that uh, she freaked out freaked out on and lost control. Was she up and around in your your area? Did you we did you notice uh, the mayor coming and going, or where was she at the time? Was she at City Hall mostly, or was she coming up? Well, I don't. I, I'm, I'm not going to comment to saying where she was at because I don't know. 
I've never seen her, you know, she's never been up in my area. And she certainly, you know, wasn't out there on the front lines when officers and first responders are taking bottles and fireworks to their eyes. Some officers losing their eyesight. She wasn't out there. She wasn't out there. So um, a lot of these different things, if you, if you really pay attention, when all hell breaks loose in Chicago, it's always, where's the mayor? She's on either a trip somewhere or her superintendent somewhere on a trip or she's right. coming back or she might be here within the city right at her home or wherever she's at, but she won't comment for days on end. Yeah. Surround, sur- yeah. Surrounded you know? by her hundred cops. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> exactly. you know, a lot of Palooza and, and NASCAR coming to Chicago and the yeah. casino talk. She's all over that. Or, hey, she's got the biggest D-I-C-K in the city of Chicago, uh, you know. Hey, she, wait a minute. She's all over that. Wait. She is she is Mayor Fallis Maximus, man. <laughs> Come on. Everybody knows that. Uh, that's yeah. great. Keith, what's next for you? Well, you know, I'm sticking to uh, emergency management because that's where my heart's at. Um, I'm just out of the burbs. I'm happy. Um, supervisor <laughs> now in a nice role. And, uh, you know, whatever's next, it's God's, it's God's answer. You know, wherever he, he puts me, that's where I'm at, you know. So um, right now I just have to step away from the city. I love the city. I still live here, still doing my thing, still very active in the community. But in terms of working, um, I'm just doing my thing in emergency management until uh, whatever else comes that God wants me, and that's where I'll be. Well, Keith, I moved out of the city that I've lived in all my life or a great deal of my life. And love the city. But you know what was getting to me? Uh, you know, having to wait three hours for a police officer to come by and scrape me up off the ground if I get shot. And the shootings on the expressway and the shootings everywhere and no consequences for those who would uh, create havoc and, and chaos. How did this happen? Very sad, you know. I, I grew up on the west side of Chicago. I grew up in not the best area. But I was comfortable enough to walk around freely, where even the gangbangers and the drug dealers who were out there, they've always been around, of course, everything. Yes. But they had respect. They, it, it wasn't targeting youth. It wasn't targeting females. Right. They had respect. And when those police officers pulled down that block, I mean, I literally, as a little child, and this is why I want to be one, because I'm like, man, those yeah. are heroes. I want to be one of those guys. They right. clear all these people out. The Blue moment night. you looked down that street and you saw a squad car hit that block, you had guys moving left and right and leaving that block because they had respect for those officers. Now, please, you're yeah. talking about officers going to the, the red line and this line to sit there for the weekend. Please, they'll shoot someone right in front of them. They have no respect. Well, the mayor uh, endorsed Kim Fox for re-election, and uh, I spoke to her, and I know this gets a lot of people upset that how dare you speak to her about stuff like this. But you know what? That's real life, right? What's real life is when you're a columnist uh, in the big city, you talk to people like adults. And she was going to uh, endorse Kim Fox, and I, I said, are you have you lost your mind? Have you lost? Have you lost it? I mean, <laughs> Jeff remembers what, yeah. What, yeah. what, what's going on with that? And she's like, well, I, I just have to, you know, it was like a political deal. Yeah. And I, 
I said, you're giving the wrong signal to the whole city and to the police and to everybody. What did you think? What do you think, Keith? Do you think it was a smart move by her to do that? No, it's not a smart move. But, you know, once again, I think it was the right signal that she's given to the city of Chicago. I think everything happens for a reason. And those things are just kind of opening up our eyes and say, wow, okay, this is what's really taking place. Right. And when we see that as, as a community, as a neighborhood, as a city, then we Chicagoans have to be a lot smarter come election time. And that's where we fail. You see all of these times where we're neglected and we're seeing exactly what's going on. It's right there in front of our eyes, but we don't make it to the polls. Or, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just straightforward. I don't care. You have a lot of black aldermen and a lot of um, Hispanic aldermen. They go to uh, people who look like them. Right. And right before school's coming up like now, they do a back-to-school drive, and they target these minority areas. They know they're suffering and they need help. They can't afford different things. So what do we do? Let's get a big donation going and give them free school supplies, a nice book bag, and this and that for all of their kids. And guess what? I would love those things. I like those things for my kids, you know. And then when, when, when uh, Thanksgiving comes, let's get some turkeys donated now, and let's give them out to our people. Those that's, things are all good. That's old-timey stuff. That's 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 how you doing? Right out of the <laughs> but, great McGinty. <laughs> the great McGinty. But here's the thing: what? people like those things when they're going through situations, and they say, "You know what? That least, person gave me gave is taking care of my my kids, you know, and, and taking yeah. care of us with a turkey, so they could care less all of the other nonsense that they're doing for their wards and the city as a totality, and so they reelect them over and over again." You know, and that's the sad part. So we got to find a happy medium where we're getting the right education out about what's truly taking place with the politicians in these areas. I'm wondering, Keith, if you could, uh, I hope you come back again to talk. Yeah, yeah, we'd love to have you back. We'd love to have you because it's like talking to a guy with common sense. And I'm not used to that uh, in the in the <laughs> political world. You know, there are a few, but not not too many, <laughs> not too many. Well, you know, uh, I appreciate that. And, and like I said, I'm always here. Chicago is, is, is my heart. I love it. I grew up here and I, I will always be here to do what I can, you know, as a citizen uh, and resident of the city, you know. But until we get new reins uh, over our city, I can't work for for uh, someone who just doesn't have the same philosophy of me. And that's providing great service and protection to my neighbors throughout the city. And that's what I stand by. And I've always promised myself I would never work for a corrupt system, knowing the corruption is going on and just sitting there like a turkey, not doing anything and letting it go on. I would not do that. I have parents who taught me right from wrong and I will uphold those things. I'm not perfect, but I speak my mind and I do what's right the best I can. And so I do appreciate that. And I'm always here for Chicago, no matter what. Keith, I, I've got to ask you, given the fact that I've, I've spent 40 years of my life covering Chicago politics, never worrying about any neighborhood, any neighbor. I could go anywhere and, and feel good. I don't care. You know, it's like 2 in the morning. I want that jerk chicken on Jackson and Pulaski. You know, let's go. I didn't care. Uh, but I'm asking you now with the things that are going on, 
if Chicago elects Mayor Lori Lightfoot, re-elects her, does Chicago survive? Can the can the city of Chicago survive Lori Lightfoot? No, not at all. Not at all on many, many uh, levels. Not at all. And I'll tell you why quickly. The citizens, you know, I mean, look at last year's numbers of murders. Look at the murders way up in, I think it was top 800, 900. That's, that's with her here now. Okay. And look at the city workers. You have, I think we're down 2,000, uh, right around that number of more yeah. police officers leaving. And there's many, I talk to these officers every day. They call me every day. Many of them saying they can't do it anymore. Some of them have a mental health issues. They need help. Some of them just saying, Keith, I'm out of here. I'm already testing right now. I'm waiting for my background to pass with another department. So if you put this lady back in charge, okay, all hell is truly going to break loose. We think this is hell now. That's it. We are done here in Chicago, you know, because just her whole mentality, and, and I literally say that, no pun intended, her mentality, okay, <laughs> it is far, far out of, out, out, out of the roof, okay? Her right. ego and her, her, her yeah. bullying tactics, just the way she speaks to anyone, anyone, you know, yeah. even the aldermen, somebody, somebody aldermen that work with her, she, she targets them. She curses yeah. them out right on the floor. Yeah. If we put her back in office, the city is doomed. Because you're gonna have a lot more people leaving. You're not gonna. Ha- you're really gonna have problems with police responses, and even the fire department will 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 be challenged because a lot of people are gonna retire from that. And it ultimately hurts the citizens of Chicago, the tourists of Chicago, and more businesses will then leave Chicago. So you're darn right, it's gonna be a big problem. Uh, great, Keith. Well, man, thanks for joining us. And uh, where can people check out uh, more of your musings or get a you know, follow what you're up to? Yeah, you guys got my number. Just give me a call if you ever need anything. You sure. know, I'm not here to cause problems or anything, but I just tell it like it is. Sure, sure. But if our listeners want to f- follow you too, where can they find you? Say it again. Where, where, where can we find you if our listeners want to f- uh, follow you? Oh, where could you? <laughs> Uh, I'm just on Facebook, man. <laughs> there you go. All right. All right. We'll be yeah, there. I'm just on. Yeah. You ever do Facebook Live like uh, like uh, Keith? Keith is going to muse now. Do you ever do any of that? <laughs> <laughs> Every Amusing. once in a while, I do some Facebook Live. So yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, we're going to call you back because we need to we need to educate people in Chicago on how to survive. How to survive in the city, like if you're lost in the city, if you're a tourist in the city, where do you go? You know, oh, let let me see. I'll go to, I'll go to, I'll go to, I'll go to, I'll go to uh, State Street, walk north on State Street. Yeah. Maybe hang out at the 7-Eleven and get a soda. Yeah. Uh, There you go. Yeah. What do you think? (laughs) Sounds good. All right. Well, guys, keep me posted. You got the info and I really appreciate you. And uh, thank you so much. Thanks so much. Take care. Bye-bye. For Keith Thornton, the hero 9-11 dispatcher, speaking truth to power. That's really speaking truth to power, Jeff. Yeah. For for Jeff Carlin, executive producer, WGN Radio, physics teacher of the future, my friend, 
<laughs> and uh, co-host here, and uh, and he's finally come along to support time travel, which <laughs> I'm so into that. Thanks, man. <laughs> and for me, John Cass, who's I'm in the hospital bed or not? I might be in the man chair with the frozen ice on my on my shoulder. We'll see. Sooner or later, I got to catch some fish with that left shoulder. And I I haven't even fixed the. Uh, the squeaky chair, so Steve the pilot is losing his <laughs> mind in a in a cockpit somewhere twenty thousand feet high. And so thanks for joining us on this edition of the Chicago Way podcast, and we'll talk to you again soon. Thanks everybody. Bye. <laughs>